0: hello and welcome to the pioneers of the great awakening today is a great interview we're having here richard rod himself the author of the Gene Keys, and i'm so excited that we have him here and uh, our interview today is going to be a little different because uh, we know who he is and uh, i'm not gonna like ask you know where did you come from and all that stuff because you know, he's already done a million interviews of that and so you can find that somewhere else but um uh, thank you for joining us, Richard. This is amazing, and uh, it's uh, it's an honor to have you with us. It's so beautiful. Uh, it's thank you so much. So tell us um, tell us something about you that uh, most people don't know about.
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm a I'm a really uh, I I'm a sailor. So a lot of not a lot of people know this part of me. Um and I love um my my family inherited a very old boat. Um it's a very rare boat, it's called a Norfolk Wherry, and it's a big 60-foot sailing barge, and they're very difficult to sail. Um, because there's only three left in the world. And so I'm one of the very few people who's learned from my father how to sail one of these boats. And so I, I mentioned it because I'm going up there in a few days. I go up there every summer with my family um, and uh, the boat's name, uh, she, her name is Solace, which is very beautiful. It's a word that I use a lot um, and it's a deep part of my mythology is this, this beautiful boat um, that I'm very privileged to have in my family. My brother and my sister share it with me. And we also sail together. Um, but it's um, it, it's it's a very majestic and beautiful part of my life, and of you know when the, when she sails, everyone in that area, which is called Norfolk in in Great Britain, um, everyone who's who passes by is is gasping in awe at this beautiful boat. It's so it's oh, she's over hundred years old. She's all wood. There's no engine. Um, she's this one beautiful big sail. And and everything on her is exquisite and kept really beautifully, um, at great expense, I should say. Uh, but we really pl- we we you know we um, we've kept her up and we've sailed her every year since um, we've owned her, which is since the 1940s in my family. So not many people who know me know about that, um, but it's uh, the rhythms of of sailing and the wind it's very slow it's not like a kind of big fast thing but it's um but everything is very heavy and everything is done by hand um and the rivers are quite small quite narrow so you need to kind of know what you're doing at the same time and then you have to go through bridges you have to get the sail down the mast down the mast weighs 40 tons it's on a counterweight, you know, so it's a whole part of my life that most people have no idea about, um, but it's a deep part of my own mythology and my, um, it's, it's something I find deeply, in, a deeply inspiring part of my life's karmic, um, you know, privilege. So anyway, there you are, something Beautiful. no one knows.
0: <laughs> wow, now Sam, now they know. I did I had no idea, but I could I, I totally can see you there I see uh-huh. I see you sailing and how you know how many people do you need to operate this this boat?
1: Well, we got it down. you know my brother and I got it down because in the old days because these boats were made for um, originally they were made for like trading vessels they were made they had a big hold and you would fill it full of um, the reed cutters would cut the reed in that part of England, Norfolk. And then they would sail it down laden with reed or sometimes with coal or arable things from the farmland. And then they bring it to the cities. Um, and originally they did it with us, with a skipper, a captain and one mate, right? Just one young, strong man, but they really knew what they were doing because they lived on the boat all the year round. And so they knew the tide and the tides are tricky, you know, the tides you have to get right. And, and they would sail at night. And, you know, there's, it, it's, it's quite an operation that when you're, when you're going through like bridges with the tides, you don't have an engine, you know, and you have 40 tons underneath you, um, and and if it's fully laden, which in our case it isn't, but it's, it's because it because our boat's a different variations. she was de- she was developed into uh into more like a what she's got a pleasure wherry, so she had cabins put in her and and uh, you know for kind of pleasure parties from coming up from London and not and this and they would come and sit in their chairs in the Edwardian age and. And they'd have a captain who would sail her. So she's a bit of a different version. But um, yeah, they um, it was <laughs> yeah it was it was quite it's quite an operation. So we can do it with two of us, but really you need like four adults. And my son is twenty one, um, and he uh, is a big strapping lad, and he's uh... very proficient. So I handed on the the reins to him. But we all do it as a family. My wife, my my kids all know how to do it. So yeah,
0: I, I just that makes me have tons of questions. But we're gonna move on to <laughs> yeah. I, I'll ask you some other time because now I'm thinking, yes, well, how please. do you get through the through the bridge? You know, yeah, if you yeah, have it's the a good question and stuff like that. But let's move on to uh, to the uh, to the interview. Like, I want I have uh, some questions here for you. So please share with us how do you experience from within being able to see through the shadows of others and love them while simultaneously being able to reply in alignment to what is required for the moment and in alignment with your own authenticity?
1: Well, that's a great challenge, isn't it? It's a good question um, of uh, understanding the shadow patterns of humanity, um, which I understand fairly well now at 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 an intellectual level, but also now, I. at an emotional level as well and a physical level um so uh it's a pro it's a program of mastery over decades i think decades and decades and i would not say that i have i've attained mastery of that um, process i'm still very much in the program um, and uh, even this very day i had some challenging conversations um where you know i'm you know I'm liable to make a little slip, just like everyone else, and slide into that. Oh, and, you know. But then I think that the trick of awareness is to know you've done it, to own it, and if necessary, to apologise. You know, the art of apology is is a powerful thing, and um, and then and then be able to move on. You know, so you so you because we're human, and so I think that is in a way you know, what what the mastery really is, you know, not to be perfect and impeccable, but part of our impeccability is to be able to forgive ourselves, um, make amends if necessary, and then move straight on, leaving it behind swiftly. Um, So that, I think, is a great skill for anyone to master in their life, to to have that level of self-awareness. And that's what I work on all the time around me in my work, in my family, in all my relationships, um, you know, because there are many dynamics all over the place with humans and the chemistry sometimes really challenges us, um, uh, especially, I think, moving into these difficult times, um, you know, where people, there's a little bit more anxiety around than perhaps there used to be um, generally. And so people are, you know, it, it's there's a little bit more fear perhaps up in the, up, up, available, you know, Uh, but yeah, that's definitely the, the, the source of my, of my work and my
0: teachings. Does that answer
1: a little bit your question?
0: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, There's there's, there's always more. Yeah. So uh, a beautiful quote by Rumi, right? Like, like what is not beautiful about Rumi? So uh, yesterday I was so clever. So I wanted to change the world and now I'm wise, so I'm changing myself. As we are now in the midst of the great change that you mentioned in the Gene Keys book, and as we know the very core of change is always the raising of the frequency at an individual level. But is there a point that spirit calls for physical participation in the world affairs to raise its frequency and what would it be the most loving way to do so, if if that's the case?
1: Yeah. So it's a little bit similar to the last question, um, and I was trying to make it like as practical as possible, so people can can get a handle on. You know what we when we say um, raising one's frequency, um, and I sometimes use that terminology with the gene keys. I'm referring to um the capacity to transform um, you know, a shadow state into its um, higher aspects. And so transformation, the art of transformation. And I, you know my central teaching, my central way that I've discovered for myself, is what I call the art of contemplation. and as you probably know, um, you know, that contemplation is is all about creating a space, an inner space in one's life in a rhythm every day, so that those states can be that you know, so that so that there's a certain level of emptiness that we can see things from. It's like a pool of water, you know, if, if it's always churned up and the wind is always blowing, you can't really see clearly what's what the patterns are but if you if the pool is still and you create a little bit of stillness inside yourself in a regular way then you can see much more clearly what's going on inside yourself and so that's what the the aim is of this art of contemplation i and so i i um personally do my best to create rhythms in my own life so that those pauses open out so that i can enter 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 even for brief periods into that emptiness and then see what is going on in the middle and then by paying attention to that usually it's a discomfort you know in most of the time when a human being pauses and goes inside the thing they mostly find is discomfort (laughs) (laughs) and that's the first thing and so identifying that and then wrapping it in that space and that self-compassion and then as the breath deepens into it then the discomfort subsides and then and then a, a different feeling emerges which is that feeling of um, it might be joy it might be peace it might be elation it might be revel it might be many things but it's a settling feeling it's a more easeful feeling and it comes of its own accord and that process Is what I refer to as raising one's frequency. Um, So it's taking advantage of the difficult challenges that life brings us. And sometimes life brings us really difficult, you know, like moments of, um, or you know, where where the storm is 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 really powerful. And those are those are particularly powerful moments to to focus on and to you know. So if we develop the smaller levels of transformation then we're ready for the bigger ones and so the small ones are really really important lots of small transformations add up to um you know the capacity to deal with quite quite difficult circumstances you know which gives you a sense of deep stability that you can handle things it's like me on the boat you know that i started talking about sometimes when the wind gets strong and you have this very heavy tackle and things around if you really feel like you understand your boat and you understand all the tools and you're not, you don't panic, you know, you know, you sort of inherently know how to handle the equipment and the change in wind or the change in weather, um, which you may not have been expecting. Um, And it doesn't always work out the way you think, but (laughs) you, you know, you know, your equipment and that's, that's the same with us. We have to know our equipment. So I, I don't know if that helps. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. You have to know yourself. You got to know your equipment. You got to be prepared for the storm. And then when it comes, you just chill and center yourself. You know, And yeah. do your job. You know, you got to yeah. move the things around, but just peaceful. Right. Exactly. Centered. Yeah. So do we exist in separate parallel universes where truth is relative or is this just so as long as the world's dominant frequencies within the
1: shadow? Okay, yeah, that's a deep question. So I'm gonna ask you to read that again.
0: Do we exist in separate parallel universes where truth is relative, or is this just so as long as the world's dominant frequencies within the shadow?
1: Okay. So that's a, yeah, you you write these questions. Yeah. That's yeah. excellent. excellent. <laughs> um well, I'm going to definitely go into that first part of that question. We'll see where it leads. Okay. Um do we exist in 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 parallel universes? Um, separate where separate. truth is relative.
0: Separate yeah. parallel universes where truth is relative.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say yes. I would say um you know, I I love this quote by Jesus where he said, "My father's house has many mansions." And I, th- I always thought, what does that mean? Does it seem to make sense? A mansion is a house. How can a mansion contain? <laughs> how can a house contain another house? <laughs> right. And then I kind of realized even like the word play in English is like mentioned is actually dimensioned. um And so it's like the dimension contains many dimensions and then and then so dimensions are nested inside each other. We, we don't often think of, we often think of them as parallel, but they're actually within yes. each other, like a Russian doll. Yes. You know, those Russian dolls where you take one off as another one, another holographic e- encoding, you know, in this yes. universe. And so one of the laws that I, uh, I've come across is, that seems to be a universal law, is that um, it's very difficult to understand the dimension that lies beyond you because you can't see it but you can see the dimensions <coughs> that lie below you if you know what i mean and then you can say so you so we can look at um you know lives of uh, ants and creatures and animals around us and we can see into their world and we can understand and analyze their world to an extent and and they even though they live in different dimensions um it from us but what we can't see is in in terms of the evolution we can't see the one beyond us you know because it's evolved beyond us and it's evolved beyond the physical form so we so so it uses a different set of sensory apparatus um that that isn't to do with our five senses so we can't see it smell it hear it taste it none of those things so how do we how do we come into contact with it? Um, you know, we have to kind of—it's—it's it's, it's the same answer <laughs> as before. Like, we have to create that space so that that those other levels of apparatus that are inside us that are hidden can come online. You know, and then we can begin to sense that higher, that high, those higher dimensions. And 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 one of the things as we come as we as you move as you become more quiet internally through this contemplation one of the things you realize is that those higher dimensions or wider dimensions because they're not necessarily higher they're wider broader they they have different laws that are so different from ours that our mind the logical mind can't process them really at all you know we we try our scientists our top scientists and physicists and cosmologists really try and they take logic and mathematicians they take the logic to the very edge of its capacities but then there's a point where it just breaks down because l- the logic itself just cannot contain the paradoxes of a dimension where logic breaks down you know <laughs> and and so um, you have to enter with another rea- enter into that reality with another part of your being with actually being itself and then from you know as you as you expand into that silence into those you know what we in jinkies I call them the cities these these higher these these wider states then wisdom kind of comes and emerges but wisdom is is, is not something that you can understand mentally it comes as knowing or even like revelation it's another way of understanding things so you can only understand a higher or a wider or a deeper dimension through revelation you know through it being revealed it has to open itself to you or you have to you have to be ready and then it when when the timing is right when all the kind of conditions inside your body are harmonized then the door can open you know and then insight you know or satori or whatever you want to call it or knowing or not knowing even which is beyond perhaps even knowing can can like ripen inside your being so yes there are relative truths at at every level and you know and it, uh, within that nesting of consciousness and even then that one higher than us must be nested in something even greater you know and it goes and so it is eternal
0: like the eternal uh vandal uh, fractal right just yeah going, 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 it's going, eternal going, for all yeah. eternity yes so
1: we, we can't quite grasp that eternity
0: yeah, and, and it's like it's it's just like okay, we cannot even grasp the next the next octave, right? So, and then after that, there's other octaves, right? Yeah. because so like you eight, might
1: say the next octave is relatively eternal, right? Right, right. right. But then they know? have
0: their own octave out there. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Jinky Eighteenth, the shadow of judgment moving to the gift of integrity, the heretic. Is it useful for the raising of consciousness to stand in your integrity and expose the shadow of the world, not only in religious, spiritual arena, but also in any and all other areas of life?
1: Is it useful to stand in your integrity?
0: And expose the shadow of the world?
1: It depends on how you expose it. Uh, right, right. You know, there are ways of, exposing the shadow um and you know that it's like you can expose it in a way that people feel empowered or they feel hopeless Mm -hmm. um and so you know my my impetus my wish is to do the former to find ways to help people see how the shadow or the, what we call, I guess, the, 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 the frequencies that kind of keep us trapped or keep us a victim, you know, how they operate, how they operate in humans, how they operate um, through our species, how they operate um, at, at very wide levels and very local levels, you know, in our emotional life, in our physical body, you know, through our neuroses, you know, and, and, and each other, you know, in the world, like, so if we really begin to understand how they work, if we understand ourselves, it's what Rumi said, you know, if you really understand yourself, if you can change yourself, your, he doesn't mean change yourself, he means change your awareness, open your awareness, you know, because the thing that is the self doesn't change. It's the awareness that opens and like that dimensional field, you know, that, That's what we open to. And as we open to that, then we see the minute workings of how, you know, how our consciousness has fallen asleep or how it keeps itself um, in a limited mindset or in a limited understanding of the universe, you know, limitation. And so the importance of that integrity is... Is you know the integrity is when we can be in the middle, right? It's like the integrity. It's like one of those gifts, and all those gifts in the gene keys are about being in the middle, in between, like spiritual understanding and realization, but then full on living in the shadow. So if you can be both at the same time, you know, if you then you've really attained like that integrity. Because it's, it's about being vulnerable, but strong in your vulnerability. You know, it's, it's about, that's what humility is as well. Like, um, you know, the, the, high, the next level after, ju- you know, because judgment is like self-judgment. There's something wrong. Is the feeling in, inside us, in humans, that something's wrong. Something's wrong in me. Something's wrong in, in another. You know, it all, it all starts with there's something wrong in me you know but then it gets projected into there's something wrong with someone else or the world you know this and and that feeling of there's something wrong terrifies us um it's a state of consciousness but then when we come into that feeling of integrity we've broken out of there's something wrong but there's a little bit of that still there but we've but we've empowered ourselves we're like well there's something not quite right but i'm going to do my utmost to not so much to change the world as rumi said but to change my attitude so that i i'm not a victim of it i can actually respond creatively to the state of the world you know like creativity is inherent in integrity actually and it's also it takes it courage you know standing in the middle is is courageous that's why it's, i always joke integrity is gritty it has grit gritty You know, it takes courage. Like it's actually much more courageous to to stand in your shadow and own it than it is to be some transcendent sage wise on the mountaintop. You know, there's hundreds of them, you know, and they're everywhere, you know, even today. (laughs) And yet the ones that really like own up to the fact that they their lives are just shitty, just like the rest (laughs) of ours, those uh, that takes more courage. And that's integrity, you know. And that's something you can trust. And it doesn't mean, and you can't fake it either, you know. And um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's helped. But I guess the other level is perfection, you know. Perfection is that is the, right. is the right. final flowering, and perfection is is not perfection. Perfection is 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 at every level of the dimensions, you know. It's in every single one of those dimensions. So perfect, understanding and embodying perfection is a very, very heightened state of awareness because you realize that perfection lives in imperfection, you know, and it lives at every level throughout creation. And, and, then, you've, and then you've come out of judgment entirely. You know, your, your judgment has gone. It's left the building.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no more Elvis there. <laughs> no. <laughs> This is, this is there, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And um, so let's hit the nail on the head right now. Um, And just like, um, is it the shadow? Is it victim consciousness to speak about the censorship of the mainstream media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Google, on the millions of people worldwide injured by these mRNA vaccines? let alone the hundreds of thousands of deaths that are being blamed on anything except this vaccine? Is this being in the shadow?
1: It's never being in the shadow to speak one's truth that one has researched and one has gone deeply into. And, And I don't just mean external research, I mean internal research. You know, and again, it's the same thing like, if it's delivered in a way where it's empowering, you know, then, and, and, it, ha- and it has some compassion, then it's, it, it's always a valid um, expression of someone's integrity, someone's authenticity. Um, and it, and it, it's all about, again, ha- what is the agenda of the individual sharing their truth? Because agenda can be felt instantly through the tone through the expression you know it's it, you cannot hide it you know i i do a lot of work if, if i don't know if you've been on clubhouse um I it's it's just, a, I, yeah it's i'm a gonna social, get there i'm gonna get there come yeah, come getting, join and anyone yes. watching this it's a yes. it's a beautiful social media app um and i do a lot of work i do a lot on there and it's very intimate because it's only sound you know, and you so you only have audio and you don't see each other. I mean, you have little pictures, you know, that you can put in there, but you only listen to each other's voices. And I, I love that because uh, you realize quickly that, that you can't lie only with your voice and, and you have lots of people sharing all kinds of things and very vulnerable and very beautiful. Um, and you, you you just learn that, you, you know, that the authenticity of the voice is so powerful. So, um, you have to be really like grounded in your own um, self-love. I think when you're sharing a message that could be perceived in lots of different ways, or it could be divisive, or it could be, um, you know, it could be breaking open a paradigm, um, and it could be rebellious, or uh, you know, it could be um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, rebellious it kind of gets there. Heretical.
0: Heretic. Yeah. You mentioned that word. I yes. think you're a bit of a heretic, aren't you? <laughs> totally. Yeah.
1: So this is a heretic's question.
0: Yes, of course. You know, and, no,
1: and the heretic doesn't want to be burned at the stake. So the heretic has to kind of learn to frame their words in a tone that is compassionate um, and leave it up to people, up to others, to decide themselves. Once you've laid out all your, you know, your research, and, and then you, and, but then you have to let it go. That's the, that's the trick for the, the, that's the heretics greatest hurdle in a way. The heretics hurdle is to let it go. Like you, all you can do is share it, share your truth, share it, like share your concerns, share your, in, you know, your sense of the injustice and, and stand for what you believe and totally let it go. You can't control how another person will receive that. And so, If someone feels that you have that let go, they are likely to trust you at some level. And they may not believe you and they may not go around to your side, but they will respect you because they'll feel like this person isn't trying to change me. You know, they feel it when you feel that from someone, when you feel there's a little pressure, someone's trying to put their agenda onto me um, immediately there's a part of us that resists. But if they feel that, that, that this person isn't, they don't have that agenda, there's a kind of there's there's some breath, there's room for a dialogue even, you know um, which is wonderful because then you can have a, a, a like an open dialogue and you still may not come to agreement but the dialogue itself can be so rich um, and even can bring you closer together can bring two polar different opinions. you know they can be held, but there can still be warmth that passes and recognition of like oh, i never saw it that way i still don't agree with you you know but i never saw it that way and i really thank you and vice versa so you get this incredible um you know that's that's the wonder of dialogue that you can you can have disagreement um and it can still you know you know it both can live does that because that that makes sense
0: it's because of the heart when there is the heart electromagnetic connection, then it, it, anything can happen there. And we have to deal with this stuff that happens yeah, in the world. Totally. But the only way to deal with it is with an open heart. Yeah. Otherwise, so when you're share,
1: yeah. so you can share the most radical heresies. And if you do it from that place of purity, where you, you're not holding on to your own agenda, then it has such power because the words of truth, you know, in Jinkies, we call it the ring of no return. It's mm-hmm. a lovely phrase, which is that every word that leaves your mouth carries a frequency that goes out into the universe and never returns. Never returns. Um, and so what do you want to put out? Um, because it's going to be resounding in the universe for all eternity. And if you've put out a lie, yeah. that will be resounding in the universe with your name on it for mm-hmm. all eternity. Yeah. So in some respect, yeah. a part of it may return, mm-hmm. but not the bit that you... Want,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but and in, in these times of change, you know, this is basically our test in, as humanity to be able to discern the tri- the truth from lies. Exactly. So that's that's our graduation thesis, if you wish, right? So this takes me to my next question: What can we do to inspire unity among the many different groups of people currently awakening?
1: yeah it's such a great question i love that question um you know um the the ability to listen to another person is like probably one of the most magical powerful abilities that we humans have like i started by saying remember i I mentioned earlier about forgiveness Mm -hmm. self-forgiveness um apology Mm -hmm. you know when you realize you've made a mistake and then you're willing to kind of admit it um and part of that is is rooted in the ability to listen because when you really learn to listen you have to learn first of all to listen to yourself you have to that's what empathy means empathy means that you go deep inside through that art of contemplation and you learn to listen to your own responses in to to other things or to other people like i just said so when you look when you're listening to another viewpoint um If you listen beyond the viewpoint into the tone that the person is, then you can listen deep inside that wound that you're feeling that, you know, that's coming off someone else. And you'll recognize that that's the same wound that that you have, but it's just manifest in a slightly different way. Um, And that resonance at that level enables us to kind of enter into empathy together. And that's why I said, like you can disagree with someone, but you'll you, you'll you'll still in you could still enjoy their company, actually. So uh, you know, a Democrat and a Republican or whichever way you want to do it, you know, if they were really listening, and and you know, the other thing part of this is is what uh, one of my mentors taught me is the art of validation, you know, is like this is a really good tip for anyone. Like if someone says something to you and it's and it's hard to hear um, then if you can learn this art of validation it really can improve your communication with another person so when they say something instead of immediately responding from your feeling take it go into them for a bit and feel like ah i can understand why you said that and i and i you know and that must feel really difficult seeing life in that way you know that's validation and you say and i and it really helps me understand you know why you laid your points out in that way or you know why you feel so strongly about this thing um because you've then put yourself inside them and you've validated their feeling and then they feel like oh, i've been heard and they a part of them can just relax because they've been heard otherwise they're just they're going to keep on pushing their thing because because you're then firing yours back, and then they're firing theirs, and no one's listening to anyone.
0: <laughs> it's true. So the
1: validation is what causes the brick connects the bridge. If we can learn to do that with each other, you know, my friend, I ask him. He's he's in his eighties now, and he's the master of validation. And I just say, I'm sitting there with him, and we're chewing the fat and maybe having a drink <laughs> together. And I just say, Can you validate Putin? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he'll go he'll go hmm let me see and then he'll set off on a on an imaginary conversation with putin where he'll validate his views he'll say i can understand absolutely why you know you wanted to push those people away because they came in and you were all getting on really well with your family and your friends and then suddenly these outsiders came in and they started changing things and you know <laughs> And that felt really like we might lose our, you know, our sense of family and our sense of belonging together. And anyway, as you carry on with a deep validation, you could, you can, it can help you to understand any, any position that someone holds, even extreme positions. It can help. It can really help. So it's, it's quite a trick. And you can kind of do it outwardly, or you can also do it inwardly. And, and, and it really help you to understand another person's position and 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 then not feel that you have to defend your own and that's the tree that's the trick, because if you, if you feel you have to defend your own then you haven't heard theirs. Mm-hmm. You know
0: yeah it's it's very important, I think, at this point to uh, understand that the truth release really among the people. Because when we bring in an external factor like the media because there's always saying this is what the truth is, but not this is is and then it changes 20 minutes later, you know, what is the heart saying what is really, how can we keep this electromagnetic bond no matter what and and learn to start trusting in ourselves like a family that we are and say yeah we have these disagreements we have these opinions you've heard that from there and you've heard that from there and where where did that come who's the gatekeeper of that scientific paper that actually made it to you know it's like who who is paying for the bills who who are the you know and then we can actually bring all this necessary uh uh, items of of information because it's not knowledge it's data right and then send then we can actually say well what are how can we backtrack things and start you know um as i like to say not fixing what we have but creating a new reality the synergy right
1: yeah totally you're right you're absolutely right you know and if you get as much data as you can that is a great place to begin because you can then just you know, and data can be like people's opinions and their understandings. And you just really listen and you just like lay out all your data, everything that, you know, all your grievances, that's the data as well. Data can be emotional, you know, and, and you, and you just lay it all that and you want to say, ah, oh, okay, I've heard you, you know, and someone goes, you've heard me. And then you, then, only then can you engage from the heart yeah, because you have to felt heard you have to feel heard before you can engage with the heart. And then otherwise, you're stuck in the mind loop, you know, or the power loop, right? You right. know, the third chakra or the, you know, however you want to look at it. Okay. Um, and you never engage from here because you don't feel heard.
0: Right. This is, it's all here. It's all here. That's the only way forward. So would you agree that the jinkies are like Dumble's feather? Dumb, say that Dumble's feather? What's Dumble's feather? You know Dumbo, the flying elephant. <clears throat> oh, Dumbo! Yeah. Would you agree that the jinkies are like Dumbo's feather? <clears throat> What's his feather? Do you, you, you remember the movie? He had a feather that was magic. He had a feather. And right. so the, the feather. The belief in the feather allowed him to fly. But it wasn't. It wasn't that the feather was the magic, but it was Dumbo.
1: Ah. Uh. Do you do you don't
0: remember that was long time I ago. I
1: remember this, now you say it. I, yeah. I it's like it's taken me back but yeah. I'm I'm with I'm absolutely with you and I love yeah. the idea of the elephant mm-hmm. and the feather.
0: Yeah. So would you would you agree that the gene keys are like dumbo's feather?
1: What you what you're asking is are they a trick? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Of course. <laughs> they are. They are a trick. Um any spiritual teaching is a trick. You know, it's a trick to get you To look inside yourself and access your own wisdom, which lies inside your body, in the bones, you know, in our bones. I love to think of our deepest wisdom and knowing is actually in the bones. You know, the ancestors knew this This is why they kind of did things with the bones and they kept the bones and they buried the bones and they honored the bones. Because it's really the bones are symbolic of like the deepest part of us, the structure of our being. And that's really our DNA. That's why I call them the gene keys and all that. It's like, it's, it's the gene keys are our bones, you know, and the wisdom is in our bones. It's in our DNA. And, and, you know, as we, as we know, like when, when our body kind of decomposes, all that DNA just returns back to the earth and, um, or to the, or to the, the in, into the liquids of the world or the gases and, you know, and, and, and so, know it's it's porous it's it's liquid it's it's kind of it's constant it's eternal it net you can never kind of you know you can you can never get you can never get rid of it in a way because it's it's that it's living wisdom it's life itself life has wisdom in it and so yeah dumbo's feather absolutely jinkies are like they're there just to get you to you know to to sort of trick you. I mean, that's why there's so that's why there's so much of them in a way, because the, the, the double trick is it's one thing to trick someone once, but to trick them multiple times so that they stay long enough in the trick is is a real like mastery of trickery. You know, so I, I created absolutely. programs and things that keep people long enough so that they start to learn to contemplate. You know, the art of contemplation and then the truths that are kind of coming re-imprint, you know, some of those older programs. And then hopefully in some cases people start to relax and they start to hear their own wisdom, not mine, not the teachings, their own wisdom. Yes,
0: absolutely. I totally agree, and and thank you for 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 opening up and and just because that's exactly what I'm doing with the podcast. I have a podcast right now. We have you know 500 episodes. I talk about it every day, and I always say we're just looking at the same thing. This is the movement from fear to love to enlightenment, and we're looking at it you know 64 different ways, and one of these ones it's gonna click, right? And so every day, and I'm just you know kind of you were like coming from the itching and now you have your, your jinkies and then I'm coming from you and I have the podcast and it's like, and then, but what we're really looking is for people to, to have their own next thing. And that's how wisdom really travels because now we're actually having a personal experience, you know? And that's why I love this work so much because it's, I've, I've been through so much, you know, this is the truth, you know, the dogma you have to follow. and, and, and this is such a breath of fresh air, you know, it's, thank you so much. Thank you so much. What is your favorite quote? I know that you have, like, you are a massive, like poet fan and poetry fan and you, but your favorite, favorite quote, what is, what is like that you, that comes to your mind right now? Too?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the one that comes to my mind is, is actually a quote by myself. <laughs> okay. Um, but because I, it, it inspires me and, um, And it's about awakening, you know, Um, and it's it summarizes my whole philosophy And that. And it's just awakening is a series of softenings. And I remind myself of that over and over and over again, because we think that often awakening is like a hard thing. Mm -hmm. It's like something we have to strive towards. We have to do thousands of hours of meditation and sit with great teachers and really strive to understand it. And actually, it's just a melting. It's so simple. It's so soft. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's what the Taoists taught. It's a, it's a water-based melting, dis- dissolution, you know. that So awakening is a series of softenings. I hope that if, you know, someone would make that the center of their life, I think they'd have a really good life. You, me, <laughs> yeah. too. put it on your mirror put it on your walls remember every day you know it'll help with so many things with your your parenting problem with your family with your relationships with your health with your you know your schooling all of it you know your business money like everything you know it's through that it's through that kind of yielding quality you know softening is not weak you know it's it's just about merging with things like as you know from the art of contemplation there's these three levels and the final level is called merging you know where we where we where we kind of move to merge with the conflicts around us you know Mm -hmm. we move towards conflict we move towards the shadow we don't flinch away and that's that's what i mean by softening into truth yeah
0: beautiful 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 Thank you so much, Richard. This has been a wonderful, wonderful experience, and I wish uh, we can have you again here sometimes, and we can dive into other subjects. And there's just so much to talk about. And but most important, and the thing that we got from here is the heart open, have that electromagnetic connection, and and softening, just chill, just relax, yeah. let let it let it let it takes it, its time to to. Mm. to to reach you, or you reach it, and let's not be afraid of reaching out and engaging our shadows, our conflicts, and other people. We need to hug each other. We need to to realize that we are one family, and, and it's um and it's a work of every day. You know, it's 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 a, a series of softenings, right? Yeah. Well, so thank you so much, you, uh, 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 Richard, for this beautiful uh, uh, experience and. Um, Thank you all for staying with us. And uh, to learn more about Richard, just go to GeneKeys.com. That's G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S.com. And uh, there's massive, massive, massive amounts of stuff there. And it's beautiful. And uh, you, to learn more about Planet Homemaking, you want to go to um, Jorn.tv. That's J-O-U-R-N.tv. And we have tons of podcasts there. And uh, and uh, we'd love you to to join us on this amazing journey of the pioneers of the Great Awakening. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. Bye-bye. Thanks for